Welcome to the Liberty Moms podcast. Chris Kimball hosting today. Liberty Moms are the real secretaries of defense when it comes to their communities, their families, and their children. And Liberty Moms are part are proud to be part of the Loving Liberty Network, and we appreciate that you would take time out of your busy day to plug in and listen to our program because there's lots of choices out there, and we love that you listen in. So thank you for joining us today. I'm excited because I'm got my co-host as my guest, Delane England, who is a Liberty mom and is uh, alternates with me each month. And I'm excited to have her on here. And we're going to have an, um, I think, kind of an interesting discussion about some of the things that I observed while I was gone. I have actually been out of the country for almost a month. I was over in Portugal and Italy. And for the listeners who know, I know you've heard me mention Legacy Tours and Travel, which is a tour company that I'm a part owner of, but I was doing a research tour to Portugal and uh, looking to put together a tour of Portugal and Spain down the road. But we also had a tour of Italy and that was our Legacy Tours and Travel tour. So I was doing a two for one experience in Europe, but it was gave me an opportunity being gone that long to to kind of observe a lot of things that are that's going on in the world of travel. So Delaine, I know you've been with me. You went with me last uh, fall. Was it, yeah, last fall to Egypt. October. Yeah, yes. October to Egypt. Amazing. Okay, so it was interesting to see how things have changed at the Salt Lake International Airport. Okay, because this last time, you know, I it was about a year ago when I went to show my security. You go through security and you show your boarding pass. Remember, that's super important. They got to have the boarding pass with your ID. Well, they had this option of, you know, we're just we're in a test pilot program. And if you if you let us, we'd like to take your picture instead of using your boarding pass. And I said, I'll. I, I'm going to opt out of that. You can go ahead and use my boarding pass because that's what you've used for decades, right? And they said, oh, don't worry. We're not going to store your photo. We don't do anything like that. And But they were fine. They let me not have my picture taken. <clears throat> well, that was really different this last time. And so this isn't because I was flying international. This was for all domestic travel, any type of travel. You had to stand and have your picture taken. And so I was trying to avoid the camera and just give him my boarding pass, <laughs> you know? And after the third time of this guy trying to get my picture taken, he finally threatened me and said, if I have to do this, if I have to take your picture one more time, I'm sending you upstairs. <laughs> what does upstairs mean? Like, yeah, <laughs> <laughs> up to the big guy. Like that's all exactly. right. how far upstairs. Yeah. And uh, I just thought that was so interesting how the demeanor had changed. Like, 
on a dime, like this is no more volunteer. This is you will or else. Okay. And the thing is, it's like, okay, I do want to go on this travel. You know what I mean? And so fine, I get my picture taken. But look at how we've changed because it was super important that they had your boarding pass. And now all we need is your picture. That's all we need for you to get yeah. on the plane. So I thought that was kind of interesting. So I, I'm not trying to discourage anybody from travel because believe me, I do want you to travel. And if you traveled with me, I think you'd have a great time. So I'm not discouraging travel, but I am seeing some things happening with travel that um, is of concern. So for example, over in Europe, and it was happening through the airlines. I'm not actually entering some of these countries, but I'm only being transported. They were requesting um, contact tracing. So Very the airline tap, the Portugal airline and Air France wanted contact tracing information. And I'm like, for what? What what are we tracing? There's nothing going on, right? COVID's over. But they were trying to gather that information for tracking. And they wanted <clears throat> they wanted in place already and ever it to be normalized. So that's just how we yes. operate. Yes. I, yeah, I think you're absolutely right. You know, just getting it into your psyche. Because I'm at, I'm telling you, Delaine, how many people do you think resist or have a problem with their picture being taken at the airport? Because it's happening. Maybe, maybe five of us in the entire <laughs> state of Utah. <laughs> <laughs> right, right. You know, and not questioning it or anything like with that. Us. Yeah. No, people don't question. They just go right along with it. They don't see any problem. Like, I'm not doing anything wrong, so I don't see any problem with them taking my picture. Well, and and the airlines already, I know I'm talking to a recording, but when I call Delta, for example, they have this recording that says something to this effect. The fact that you are participating on this phone call means that you have decided to accept our privacy rights, which are privacy rights, because if you read their privacy rights, it says that they can turn over any of the information that they gather on you to the government at any at the whim of the government so there is no privacy so at the end of that recording i always say i don't comply <laughs> even though i'm not talking to anybody at that right, yes yeah. well they are recording it so that way they've got it documented that you do yes, not comply I, I don't comply to that but i'm just having a phone call i'm not giving away my rights just because i talked to you on the phone right but that's how corporations are getting our eroding and decimating our God-given rights. It's through the corporations. Through right? corpora the corporations are doing what the government cannot do. The long arm of the government, they're going through corporations. Right. Yeah. Because we could, you know, you can't, it would create lawsuits and you, you have certain rights that are protected from the government, but corporations are superseding those. So, Anyway, I thought that was pretty interesting that data gathering, um, contact tracing, giving up. Well, you and I have we you and I have explored this firsthand when we flew on a um, when you were. <laughs> it was a security issue going through security and we it was late at night and we actually called the police because they were detaining you. Going through security and when the police came. They just said, oh, when you purchase your airline ticket, there's this understanding 
that you have given up your rights to privacy. Okay, so that's the other area that they totally ignore is your right to privacy. It's you just you're just supposed to know that you've given up that right. It's not printed anywhere. You're not told, but you just know that if you're going kind of like if you go out in public, anyone can take your picture. You go on an airline, you give up all your right to privacy. <clears throat> oh, and here's okay. So that just reminded me of another thing. So when we were <laughs> when we were flying home and had to go through customs, normally I prefer to come through Salt Lake, but we got rerouted, went through Chicago, and they have this announcement on the plane that says. When you go through customs, you are not allowed to, you know, well, actually they say, please do not use your phone. You're not allowed to take pictures when you're going through customs. And I thought, isn't that interesting? Why? They're taking pictures of you, but you can't yeah. take. <laughs> yeah. So the thing is, you know me, I'm not, I'm not following any rules per se, right? So I'm in the customs line and I'm trying to text my daughter. I'm trying to get some messages out. I just landed for my overseas flight. And my phone's messed up. Like I can't, the messaging, they have totally scrambled the, the the phones. You couldn't use your phone if you wanted to, but on the plane, oh, you know, please, please don't use your phone. But guess what? You can't anyway. Because then if you use your phone, you'll find out you can't use your phone. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. If you use your phone, you're going to realize that we have totally wiped out your phone signal okay <laughs> just assume you don't know that so if you don't use your phone you won't really know that we scrambled it. <laughs> it that way exactly okay see ignorance is bliss right absolutely <laughs> you just if you just do what they tell you to you're just going to feel so much more safe and secure <laughs> anyway so that is what i kind of experienced with airline travel and again I'm not, I'm not trying to dissuade anybody because believe me, I am trying to get as much travel in as I can while we have a window of travel opportunities because I don't think anybody can forget that, you know, like two years ago, you couldn't go anywhere, okay? Exactly. Anywhere out of the U.S., let's put it that way. So right. um, what I noticed over there, though, mostly in Italy, so Portugal, I didn't see the... Uh, what's the uh, the global agenda as much as I did in Italy. So in Italy, I noticed that there were a lot of signage, you know, um, and I don't speak Italian, but you can you can get the drift of, of what they're talking about. They'll have a faucet, a picture of a faucet, and you you can pick up some of the the words that they're using, but they're really talking about conserving water and how important it is, you know, water's the big thing. And yet, you know, we were being drenched most, especially up in northern Italy, most of the time, a huge rain coming down, lots of flooding was happening in certain areas. And so it was interesting that they're trying to, they want everywhere on the planet to be, have this idea that water is a shortage. Because as we know, you can control people if you control access to basic needs that you, you need to survive, right? Actually, water. You can't. Yeah. You cannot survive more than three or four, five days without water. Yeah. So there was a lot of. You could see the messaging is the same, even though this is a part of the world that doesn't have droughts as much per se, because it's in a. They have beautiful green. I mean, that's why people go to Europe is because it's so beautiful, it's so green lush. and lush. 
And yet they're wanting you to understand that, you know, water is really critical, but it's important too. So that was interesting that that messaging is happening everywhere. And then the other thing that I saw, which was really sad, is in some of these European cities that we visited in Italy, they have, they've, they've made this, they, they put in these bike lanes, like they've done everywhere in the U.S., you know, and so you have these quaint little streets that just have so much charm and then they've got these whited out bike mark lanes and and it's just you know they're that that overreaching agenda of trying to control how the population transports itself from a to b and making it kind of a global type of a uh, well it's the un agenda i'm sorry it's un agenda 2030 basically is being implemented everywhere. And it's it's just sad to see that even in these beautiful, historic, ancient, lovely European cities, you see this mop, this white bike lane and green and stuff on the, and it takes away the charm. So those are some of the things that I noticed. You've got to be prepared because you're not going to be able to drive your car for very long, Chris. So they've got to get those bike lanes in. So when you can't That's drive your car, true. they'll already have the bike lanes in there. Yes, that's true. They're just getting us ready. We're just getting prepared. We're Boy Scouts. Get things ready early so that when we do remove your cars, you do have a way to get around. That's true. Okay. There won't be any gas. And if you can't afford an electric car uh, that they can turn on and off at will, then, yeah, you won't really need those big lanes. You're you're just going to be all traveling on by bicycle. Yeah. So, so far, yeah. they haven't their bicycles away, so that's a good thing. Well, and again, what I noticed too were the people are wonderful. The people of Italy, they had just, there was just this, this charm, this sense of humor, their personalities. And I thought, you know, people are good people everywhere. Um, my sister ended up having to travel alone. Um, she went on the tour with me. She's partially blind. She can't even see well because of a, some vision issues that she has. And she had people that stepped up to help her get to where she needed to go. And, and I thought, that's great. I mean, there are good people everywhere. It's just that it just seems to be that the, the issues that we see in the media um, are driven by an agenda of some sort, right? By a, by a small group of people, yeah. which is what's always been. They just and have a lot of power and control. And then I guess the last thing I noticed that I wanted to just kind of talk about a little bit, because it's going to lead into our other discussion, is I kind of had a vacation from culture wars. I mean, you wow. just don't see that LGBTQ plus just in your face 24-7. Okay. And this was in both countries. And so, you know, I'm, I'm over there for almost a month and I saw maybe two or three pride flags is all. Serious? Oh, Chris! Yeah, and it was it was just kind of nice. I mean, you know, and they don't do billboards over there, which is a blessing, you know. And so nobody is advertising and promoting their agendas. You know, they still have that charm, and so it just was a nice vacation not to have something just shoved in your face twenty four seven, you know. And so that was kind of nice. It was really a nice break, and so surprised you came back, but I'm glad you did, Chris. Thanks for coming back. <laughs> <laughs> and I guess your husband's were definitely a draw. Right. Yes, I did. I miss my little grandkids, but I'm telling you, I have some of the most amazing experiences 
And, you know, our, our tour company, Legacy Tours and Travel, is based on recreational, educational, and spiritual tours. And I'm telling you, I have not been disappointed because when you go with the intent to have a spiritual experience when you travel, you will get one. And you I'm telling you, when I was in Milan and visiting and seeing the Last Supper that was painted by Leonardo da Vinci, blew my mind. So breathtaking. That fresco, the room that it's in, the spirit that you feel when you enter that room. And then when you learn the story, how during World War II, when they were protecting the Last Supper plus the crucifixion, and I can't remember the name of the artist that's on the opposite end of that room, they're piling up sandbags because 20% of Milan was bombed during World War II. And the people of Milan are trying to preserve these priceless relics, right, from the Renaissance. And so they're putting up these sandbags and doing whatever they can to protect them. And what happens? That building is bombed, but the but the two ends where those frescoes are remain intact. They're not damaged. God protected them. Just like St. Paul's Cathedral in London, the people did their part and God protected that. Yes, cathedral. I mean, it still gives me chills thinking about it because then you get to go into the sacred space, sacred space that God actually protected, you know, yes. and it was amazing. And we had such an amazing um, uh, episode when while, while we were in Milan. So I'm telling you, travel, even though you may um, think it's um, <clears throat> a hassle sometimes, which it is, it can be. There's lots of lines that you're waiting in and, and uh, the some of this uh, interruption of your personal rights. Okay. But man, you can have some amazing experiences. And so um, it brings me to what I want to kind of talk about now with um, Delane is um, I had this absence of seeing the culture wars and I get back into the USA and it's just 24 seven, you know, Pride Month, I mean, we have to know a few days in advance that Pride Month is happening. And it's interesting to see how it's morphed from just, you know, the Pride Festival, which was a weekend to a whole month. And now there's almost every month of the year, there is something to celebrate with this agenda, the LBGTQ alphabet agenda. Okay. And so I, I just thought it was kind of interesting. I was teaching, and I'm not saying that um, everyone involved in that movement or everyone that is dealing with those issues because they are real issues that people are dealing with. And, um, uh, but there are others, the activists, and you can see that in their behavior that there's been, there's been some darkness that's really creeped in. And other people, I, when I'm on Twitter and I start watching conversations, you see other people who maybe already aren't even religious, they're starting to notice that. Like, hey, it was just all about love and we just want to get married. And now it's about destroying the bodies of our children. Okay. And so I know you've seen that firsthand. And I think that as Christians, we have become a little bit um, lax in standing up for Christian values, for what the the laws of god the laws of marriage the laws of family we've gotten lax because you know they they told us that we had to love everyone 
They told us that we had to treat everyone with kindness. And they told us that we have to tolerate, that we need to be tolerant. And I think that has kind of tied everybody and with put a an arm behind their back. And, and now they're trying to figure out how do we go forward with Christianity. And and all those things are good, Chris. Like we should be loving of everyone. And that is a that is what a Christian does. We love everyone and we're not standing in judgment of someone of their sins or their temptations or their weaknesses. I I I stand in my own judgment, my own weaknesses and temptations. So it isn't a matter of judgment. I do think we need to come from a place of love and compassion and understanding. But what we've done is is just gone that way over in the name of kindness and not stood up for what real kindness and what real love is, is to never support someone in self-sabotage. That if Can you support someone in self-destruction in a place of love? I think not. Right. Well, and, and again, I think individuals who are good people, they don't, they, they hear that if you speak out against or if you stand up for traditional marriage, let's say you're somebody like myself who believes that marriage is between a man and a woman, a biological man and a biological woman, right? That's how God established that um, covenant. And he's been very clear about it. He's been very clear. It's right. very... He established not- it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Exactly. Well, if you... Talk about that, like you and I, we, we, Southern Poverty Law Center, you and I are on the hate list, Delane, right? You betcha. Liberty Moms are on the hate list now. And so people don't want to be thought of as being hateful. They don't want to be called a racist or a bigamist or a transphobe or anything. Nobody likes being called a name. Okay. Right. And so because of that, they, they withdraw. They don't stand up. They just stay quiet. And so what I've seen happen, and I honestly, you can see it in behavior. And I'm not saying this is straight across the board, but there are some people that you see and it's behavior that is, it's, it's inhuman. Yes, it is inhuman. It's un, it's unconscionable. It's unbelievable. And so I don't know if you've heard of this movie. There's a movie that just came out called Nefarious. I've seen it. Mark and I went to it. Okay, so you did see it. Okay. And it's interesting because okay, we're we're gonna be um we're gonna be coming up on a break soon, but um before I left, I taught in my church in Sunday school a lesson from the New Testament. And I talked about how you can't read the New Testament and not see how Jesus was casting out demons right and left in order to heal people or to um, protect people from the, the the demons themselves, right? And so it was kind of an interesting reaction because uh, nobody really had many comments. And I just know myself growing up in my church, we would hear stories of missionaries all the time talking about on their missions that they would cast out spirits, okay? And so we're going to we're going to come back to this discussion. We've got a short break coming up talking to Delane England and stay with us on the Liberty Moms podcast.
Welcome back to the Liberty Moms podcast. Chris Kimball hosting today. And my guest is my very good friend, Delaine England, who is the co-host of Liberty Moms podcast. And we've been talking just before the break about uh, this battle that we're in. This culture war is really more of a battle between good and evil. And we mentioned this movie. I just had a chance to watch it this week because I've been out of the country and it was interesting because um, it's a story that deals with demonic possession and the demon himself um, asks a question of a therapist, the psychiatric therapist, and says, do you think I'm evil? And and uh, the therapist gets into this, oh, well, you know, good and evil, those are social constructs. They don't really, you know, they don't, that doesn't really exist. And, and uh it's such a great movie because it totally puts what we are talking about, our narrative in the world. It is totally exposing how how we are handling this culture war is exactly the way Satan would want us to do it. If we were trying to make it as easy as possible to accomplish his goals, we are we're right there. We've laid down the carpet, right? And uh, it also exposes some of the um the the let's look at abortion for example now in in the you have to look for it but it there is scripture references especially in the book of mormon about secret murders okay and yes. secret murders would be you could say is abortion because guess what absolutely, absolutely. they're hidden away they're not it's not in the public right in fact it's actually hidden inside a womb Many of the murders that take place happen, actually happen in the womb. Now, if they are looking to extract stem cells, and uh, this is so gross to even discuss, but it happens, then they want a live embryo. They want a live baby, which is even more horrific because they, the baby is born and then torn apart. Okay, but it's behind closed doors. Nobody knows about it. And it's not even, it's to the point where nobody even acknowledges that it's a baby. It's just, a, it's just a sack of cells, right? And so there's nothing, nobody's being murdered. Okay. No. But if, I'll tell you. Hey, if you, if the mom wants the baby, then it's a baby. But if she doesn't want the baby, then it's just a sack of cells. So again, whether it's real or not is dependent on how you feel. It's very fascinating. Yeah, it is. It's it's a personal um feeling about that so we have other scripture that is not part of the um the bible the canonized bible the new testament old testament in the lds church they have two other um parts to their canon but we have apocrypha and the book of enoch which at one time was part of the old testament actually talks about abortion quite openly and quite literally and in the book of Enoch, chapter 69, it references that one of the followers of one of the leaders of Satan, one of Satan's leaders, let's put it that way. His name is Kostaya, that he, he showed the children of men all the wicked smitings of spirits and demons and the smitings of the embryo in the womb that it may pass away. So this particular soldier of satan his name is Kostia. he was the one that taught men about abortion that comes from the book of enoch 
that's telling you right there that anything that is a tie to the abortion or the murder of children is directly connected to Satan. Okay. And I don't know who needs to hear this, but if you've bought into this lie that a woman has a choice about her body, it stops when she has a baby in her womb. Okay. Because that is another human being. It has its own DNA. It ha- everything is separated from its mother. Okay. It has its own, um, own body, own DNA, own, own identity. body. Right. Right. It's a personal entity, a different separate entity. Yes. And guess what? You know what? Satan knows that. Yes. Satan's very aware of it. And so again, you mentioned we um, on the break that we need to have the gift of discernment because we're in we're in a telestial world where we can easily be discerned because we're separated. We've we've got a veil that is separating us from from our heavenly Father. Okay, and so we're in our whole purpose should be down here to reconnect with Him. And that's what we do. That's what church is all about. That's what religion, that is what living the gospel is, getting you closer to to Jesus. Because otherwise, you're being pulled towards the other entity that is down here, and that is Satan. Okay, there's only two teams. There's 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 two forces, two energies. You're either going closer to God or you're going farther away. Exactly. Exactly. And so I just wanted to bring that up. And that is something that is very spelled out very, very clearly in Nefarious. But it, it they did such a great job on that movie. And it's interesting because when Steve Deese wrote that book um, and it came out, I think, eight years ago, he wanted to do the movie, of course, but then COVID hit and and then they had some really funky things happen to him and that delayed the production because gosh, who wouldn't want that movie to come out and wake people up. Right. Right. Exactly. Yeah. And so what I'm, I guess my point is we need to up our game as Christians and as warriors of Jesus Christ, we need to up our game because the adversary, and that's what you'll notice when you watch nefarious, they know all about Jesus. They call him the carpenter. They know all about the carpenter. They know his mission they know what he's going to do. They know he's going to return. And what are we doing? Half of us are, look at how many, the, the people that have left um, an organized religion, okay? And and that doesn't even bother me as much as look at how many people don't believe in a God or believe in the God, our God, yeah. the most high God. They don't have a belief in God anymore. They're too sophisticated, Right. No, they, they're too scientific, they're too educated, they're too intellectual yes. to believe in something they can't see. So that's kind of like a lower level of a person to have and faith. I, and I think that really came out in a big way during COVID because yes. you saw so many people go into fear, the fear mode. And, you know, it was that was the agenda. They were trying to make us afraid, Right. I mean, every yeah. day you had to see people were dying every day on TV, 24-7. And uh, when act- in actuality, no more people died than the previous year. <laughs> the death rate did not increase at all on either year. It's amazing. So I think I think COVID was a, a test. I mean, I'm, there's lots of um, analogies that you could give to what happened with COVID. But COVID, I think, really 
showed gave you gave you an opportunity to to show your faith in God or to show your faith in man. Yes. Right? Really did. Yes. You know? Because if you were if you were in fear and waiting for man to deliver you, then you were in fear mode. And most of those individuals were. But if you were relying on God and understanding that he gave us an amazing body that has an amazing immune system that is divine and miraculous, yeah. then you really didn't have that fear going on. And fear is very taxing to the body and to your health. Fear itself can cause you health issues. Right. And one of the messages that Jesus Christ in his ministry was telling us was to fear not. That's okay. Right. So yeah, any fear together at the same time. And then that, that can be a great clue when you've got somebody deliberately trying to give you fear, put fear into your heart. That should tell you right there. That's coming from an evil source. That's evil. They're not trying to make me feel calm and peaceful. They're trying to make me feel fearful. That means it's coming from Satan. Right. Right. It does. And so. Anyway, if you haven't seen Nefarious, it's not in the theaters anymore. Um, it is, though, you can stream it online. I rented it, but I think there could be some formats where you can watch it for free. I'm not the most tech-savvy person on the planet, so I can't give you those. But if you Google, um, I, I know we rented it through Apple. It's on Salem. Um, there's a lot of different sources, but I highly recommend it. And it's something that your children need to see with you because they're not hearing this information. They're not hearing that there are actual entities that can influence your decisions, that can, uh, you've got to understand there's going to be voices in our heads. It's our own consciousness, it's messages from God, and it's also messages from the adversary, and they need to be able to discern what those messages are and where they come from as they move forward, because they can be given false information. And it is a very powerful movie, and I would recommend paying for it because the maker of the movie, you know, did spend a great deal of time, and I'd love to see him, you know, get compensated. It's well worth it. It's very powerful. It is. It's very powerful. It's very needed because we're in a world right now that is moving away from the idea, is scoffed at, demons. Oh, and I can tell you, even in my own family, I have had to deal with I don't cast out, I invite. And so far that has been a very good mode of operation, but uh, they are around us. They are all around us all the time. And if we're not aware of it, then we're vulnerable to those good demons. Point. Oh, good point. Yes. So I want to shift now because talking about the culture war, good and evil in Utah, Davis County, right where you live, all of a sudden, the Bible gets removed. The Bible, the Bible. Okay, the scriptures that are full of so many good um, uh, traits and uh, nuggets of wisdom and knowledge that actually, if you just followed these nuggets of wisdom and knowledge that are taught in the scriptures, you would have a very, what's the word I want to say, uneventful um, untraumatic life. That's not even the word untraumatic. Yeah. You would have a, <laughs> but we get, you wouldn't we have any drama in your life. You could get through life easier because you would be able to connect to higher power. You could connect the founder to God. Said that 
Yeah, the founder said if we would obey the principles, we'd read the, the Bible daily and, and abide by those principles, that we would avoid almost every ill, in the, every social and emotional ill in society. And you can see how true that really is. It, it truly is. And so here we are, Utah, the red state known as a religious state because it's the headquarters of a of a of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. It's their headquarters right here in Salt Lake City. And this is the first state that has a school district that has banned, pulled out the Bible. I hate to see ban I hate to say the word ban because it means ban means the book's not around at all. But the K KJV was ex was taken out of the libraries as being too vulgar and violent. Okay. Well, what happened is we, we passed a law in Utah to remove inappropriate, basically pornography. We call it sensitive material, so we won't offend anybody. But it was to remove um, sensitive materials or pornography. So what we did is we attacked their God. We attacked their Bible. We went in and said, we want your Bible removed from the public schools. Oh. And so they said, if you want to remove our Bible from the public schools, we're going to remove your Bible from the public schools. That's how I see it. Delane, I love that. Oh my gosh, sexual immorality and especially the immorality where they are totally targeting these innocent young children is totally following the, the dark gospel of Satan. It is their Bible. It is it's their dark Bible. gospel. Yes. Oh my gosh, that is totally what is playing out. Okay, yeah. so this is kind of exciting. So, Delane, this is like right in your backyard. This is Davis is School in my District. Yard, front and backyard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, this is ground zero for the fight. Yeah. Oh my yeah. goodness, that's powerful. When you when you think about that, you took out his Bible, his yeah. dark gospel. He countered. He did a counter. He countered. Yeah. To get get even with you because. You know, the metric that is in the law that's required in order to remove a book, they did not They did not use any of those standards. Yeah. They, they did not use them. The criteria, it has to be, it can't have serious literary value. Can you imagine the Bible not having serious literary value when right. every university in the world use, teaches literature through it? Right. Shakespeare, 2,000 quotes from it. Um, no artistic value? Go to Europe. There's right. No you all over Europe that is from the Bible. The Last Supper, right. So, yes, all over the Sistine Chapel, Paris, mm. all over France, the Louvre. Everywhere you go in Europe, you're going to find artistic references from the Bible. So Scientific the capital in, in the United States, Washington, D.C. Yes, all over in the United yes. States, everywhere, but even outside of the United States. Yeah. So they didn't use any of the metrics and they didn't even claim to. They, they they didn't do their homework and say, this is why we took it out. So, and we've already, we've already started an appeal process to put it back in. And so I feel very confident that that will happen, but they do want to send us a message. Wow. You attack, we're going to attack you. And doesn't it make sense that somehow... Satan's not going to follow the rules. <laughs> He's not going to obey the law. <laughs> He's like, I like to make my own rules. I don't like to be complaining. Like, yeah. Those rules don't apply to me. Okay. 
I'm going to make exactly. it my own. You know, I mean, oh my goodness, Delaine, that is so powerful. I love it. Well, okay, so it's being appealed. And who exactly made this decision? Is it the school board or is it another non-elected? No. Excellent question. So yes. they that's what they I'd like to know. They appoint they they have seven volunteers. These are oh. not appointed, they're people who volunteered to to be on the committee. And there's seven of them. And they are held private. And a lot of people really have a problem with that. Like, I want to know who they are. And I want to know who um, who actually asked to have the Bible removed. But I actually think that it is better to keep those things private. Because if you're the, if you're the mom or the dad who's saying, I want this pornography or I want this transgender book removed, you know what will happen to them. Oh, there yeah. Will or on their front door and their back door. And so I think, you know, it doesn't really matter who it is that requested it. And frankly, it doesn't matter who it is that did the the removing of the book that made the decision. Four of the seven decided it should be removed. What matters is the process we use to decide what should be removed and what shouldn't be removed. I think the process is what matters. And so then it isn't about persons, personalities, their perspective and their desire. If we have clear what the process is, and I have to say, Representative Ken Ivory, I think did an excellent job in his bill to make that criteria very clear. He is going to be doing an amendment, hopefully in the special session, in order to tie that up to make it more clear and to uh, take out the loophole there uh, that they kind of worked through. But really, they didn't use the criteria. They clearly did not use the criteria laid out in the law. And Delane. Is this the first time you've ever seen the education community ignore state law? <laughs> I mean, I, I mean, sad. are you are you shocked? I'm not shocked. I'm not surprised. <laughs> In the tiniest bit, I'm not. And and you know, we've also working on fixing the bill so that there are serious consequences to those who violate the law. That's that's. We have laws, but there's no consequences. So why should I obey the law when nothing exactly. happens? Exactly. See, that's what's been the problem with the education community, which considers themselves the fourth branch of government in our state. They have no oversight. And so they ignore written law and they never get, when they break the law, which they do frequently. I know when I was up in Davis County and during campaign season and they're out, you know, their schools become campaign headquarters for certain candidates. The UEA candidates kind of move. See it all the schools. That's the law, but you see it and nothing happens to them. When you call them out, you call it, they take the signs out, but nothing happens to them for violating. Yeah. Yep. Nobody, there's not even, they don't even slap their wrists. They should get those rulers out like they used to in the olden days and at least slap their wrists. (laughs) And you know, the hardest thing, Chris, is that there's still so much pornography still in the schools. Satan's Bible is still there in in big time. And you have to read the book as a whole. That has been the standard or one of them. And um, yeah, it is, and it's just so, I, it's so graphic. And it's so, it is so vile and horrible that you cannot email it to a legislator. We cannot talk about it in specifics on this air or we would be off the air in a nanosecond. Yeah. You cannot you cannot take it into a legislative committee meeting and show it to them or you will be arrested. That's how vile and vulgar it is. And yet it is being pushed on our 
fifth and sixth graders are junior high and high school students as well. Well, and you know, this is a message, honestly, to parents, you've got to get on your knees and ask God to help you find another way to educate your children. Ask him, he will help you find what is best for your children. But public school has, if they've got Satan's Bible in there, he's everywhere. And think about it, listeners. Back in 1963, God was moved out of the classroom yes. by the Supreme Court of the United States. And we could have had our local legislators ignore that, but nobody did. Everyone acquiesced that right to worship, okay? They followed what the Supreme Court ruling was, and they removed God in the classroom. And when you have a vacuum, nature um, abhors a vacuum, you guess who kept who guess who stepped in? Yes. Guess who stepped in you to feel the voice. God in the yes. classroom? It was Satan. Yeah. And so now we've got his Bible. It's in our libraries. It's everywhere. And it's not just in Utah. It's not just in Salt Lake City. It's in every county, every school district, in every part of the United States, because God was removed out of the classroom. And so you have to just ask yourselves as parents. How long do you want your child in that environment? And I'm not saying it's going to be easy, but if you ask God, God will help you. God will help direct the best way. He'll open up opportunities. He'll open doors. He'll give you insight on what is best, the best way for you to educate your child in 2023, knowing that the schools have been overtaken. And there's nothing that's more pronounced than what you just said. You have got Satan's Bible in the library. Such wise counsel, Chris, to go to the Lord. It's amazing how thinking outside of the box, he will provide you with answers because he wants your children protected. He wants to save them. And it's so much fun. I'm telling you, when you take your kids out, when you homeschool kids or find alternatives, it's amazing how close you grow as a family. And you never regret the time you spend with your kids. You never go, gee, I wish I wouldn't have spent so much time with my kids. Oh, and it's a, such a great opportunity to start teaching your children to connect to God. They can yeah. be part of that process, too. The more we can get our thinking steered to, in fact, I was, um, as I was traveling with with our group just recently, and, and people would mention, oh, I'm I'm afraid of travel I don't like to travel alone. And I, I learned to travel alone a long time ago. But, you know, I said, you know, I don't ever travel alone. And I said, right. I, I always have Jesus with me. <laughs> I mean, okay. I always, he's always welcome to join me in my travels. And I'm telling you, I've, there's been times I know he has helped me because I invite him to be with me. You know, he's part of who I am and where I go. And the more we can connect to him the more we can be at peace with whatever is going on. But the big thing is we got to protect our children. Okay. Yes. And the enemy, okay, is influence, influencing our children big time. And so we need to up our game and get them connected to the Holy Spirit. Right. It is the only protection there really is. It is. Well, Delane, thank you for, for being my guest today. Thank you, Chris. Thank it's so fun. I miss you. That's so fun. I know. Welcome. It's fun to work together because um, usually we're doing our separate things on this format. But uh, Delane does such a wonderful job um, in 
fighting and defending our liberty with everything that she does. And she's part of Liberty Hills, which is a private school option up in Davis County. And so um, thank you for being you know, my guest today. And uh, I'm hoping that uh, our listeners will take the time to watch Nefarious and then incorporate that in a discussion with your children. I mean, your older children can certainly watch it. It's very... T- it's kind of creepy, scary in a way, but tastefully done. Um, and so I think um, getting that message out. So thank you for being a Liberty Mom and for listening in today. We appreciate your loyalty and we look forward to talking with you next week on the Liberty Moms podcast. Mm-hmm.